Well, good morning. It's a blessing to be with you. It's especially a, a blessing to gather together uh, our two churches and uh, just the, the community that tells us we're not really two churches. We're one church. Um, and so thank you so much for joining us this morning. And, and we want to celebrate something very special. Uh, I love Bar Church. One of the, the, the reasons that I love Bar Church is that it, it calls me to consider the ways that I tend to try to hide my own brokenness. If you go to Bar Church, you find that that's not something that happens there. It is something I think that many other kinds of churches struggle with where we don't just physically put on our Sunday best, but we also kind of put on a spiritual or emotional shield so that when we come to this place, one of the things that's really important is for us to communicate to one another in every way that we can that we have everything pulled together, that we have life figured out. Now, I want to be clear. I think Scripture says to us over and over and over again. The difference between being lost and found is the difference between being defined by your brokenness and being on a journey of healing from your brokenness. But what's present, whether you're lost or you're found, is telling the truth about the fact that you don't have it all figured out. And that you are trying your hardest to be open to the healing grace of God in your life. Philip Yancey, in a book entitled What's So Amazing About Grace, tells a story about a conversation between a minister and a woman who felt completely and totally defined by her brokenness. She had done some truly shameful things, not only in her own life, but in the lives of her children And the preacher, at one point in the conversation, says to her, you you really need to go to church. And without any hesitation, she, she says to him, I already feel horrible about who I am. Why would I go to church? They're only going to make me feel worse. And that minister has to wrestle with the truth in that statement. That in many church communities... If, if you had to tell the truth about what was going on in your life or what had happened in your life before that you were trying to move past, that, that you might naturally just respond to the, the invitation to go to church is, why would I go to church? I already feel bad about who I am. I don't need to be made to feel worse. And I think it's, it's difficult. In any community of faith, it's trying to shape its life around the life of Jesus to balance grace for where we are and grace for where God is calling us to be in our own lives. But I find that too often, at least in in my own life, and when I'm trying to to describe what it means to be somebody whose life is centered on grace that I often unintentionally put too many roadblocks between somebody who's trying to experience God's grace in a deeper, richer way 
because I want them at some level to prove to me they're deserving of that grace. And that just never works. It never works. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 19, we find these words from the Apostle Paul. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all means possible, I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. Paul doesn't say, I met with some Jews and I told them they need to be less Jewish before they could come to church. He doesn't say, I went to those who were under the law and I told them they needed to to loosen up a little bit and not be under the law before they could come to church. He doesn't say, I found those who said they didn't have to have any law and I told them that they needed to start following a different law before they could come to church. He he doesn't say the things that, if we're honest, we kind of wish he had said. Because if you look at most of our attempts to reach people who aren't already in church, we unintentionally often decide they're the ones who need to change first before they can be here with us. And Paul doesn't just say this. He models this. He understands that it is those who are already experiencing the, the redefinition of who they really are through the gospel that have the courage, that have the strength of self-understanding and identity to say, I can spend time with people who, who don't fully share my values. I can spend time with people who are broken in ways that I don't fully understand or know how to uh, overcome. I, I can go to those places. I can have those relationships because I am not defined by what kind of room I happen to be in and what kind of company I happen to keep. I am defined by Christ who died for me. That's who I am. And it's who you can be too. So let me meet you where you are, and that's where we'll start. Right? That's, that's where things will begin to change. I love the fact that Paul ends that passage by saying, I've done everything I can to win as many different people as possible in any, in any way possible, and I do that because I want not just to know the gospel, but I want to share in its blessings, which have to be, That the church is made up of all kinds of people who come from all kinds of backgrounds and the only thing that holds them together is their trust in Jesus to make them better. To heal them. To help them. Paul doesn't want to share in the gospel's blessings by himself because that's not how the gospel's blessings work. The gospel's blessings aren't just between you and Jesus and God. The gospel makes this possible. We share together in the blessing of community. 
but it means we have to, at times, be uncomfortable. And I think sometimes we confuse feeling comfortable with being right. And so when Stephen comes up at the beginning of the service and he reads angry comments from people who are struggling to understand why four years ago this church started something called Bar Church, I think what's going on there is it makes them uncomfortable. And it makes them uncomfortable for all kinds of reasons. One is that many of us grew up in churches that preached against the kinds of, of struggles that people who happen to frequent bars struggle with. But we were never supposed to be preaching against those people. We were supposed to be talking about the chains that can often come into people's lives when they cannot have in any way a healthy relationship with alcohol or drugs or any other life-controlling struggle that people have. Now, if you've never had that struggle, I think you just don't understand it and you wonder why we need to be doing something to, to help people feel welcome who have those struggles. I think, on the other hand, if your family has been ravaged by that struggle, you, you are very uncomfortable with the idea that, that a church would go into that place to reach people. All four of my grandparents, at one way or another, struggled with alcoholism. My parents, as a result, uh, are, are not just against alcohol and, and, and theory, but it makes them have all kinds of horrible memories and emotions and feelings, and they can't understand why anybody would ever want that in their life in any way. Both my parents, when they found out I was coming to Southern Hills and they got on the website and they saw Bar Church, they both called me independently and said, man, I love that they have this outreach. Because somebody has to go to people who have those struggles. Someone has to make a place for them. I don't know if you're comfortable with Bar Church or not. I don't know if you're comfortable with me wearing, you have to be comfortable with me wearing black, but I don't know if you're comfortable with me wearing a black t-shirt that says Bar Church on it or not. But what I find when I read the book of Acts, what I find when I read the rest of the New Testament is, the church isn't being faithful if it manages to stay comfortable. It just isn't. And may we never make the mistake of assuming that because we feel comfortable, we're right. Bar Church is doing something amazing. And it's doing it in the lives of people who often have a difficult time coming into a, a room like this and feeling welcome. And I am so glad this morning that you feel welcome. You are welcome. It's not just that, that memories. And we want to show you a little bit. It's one thing for me to say, have your heart open to this and, and celebrate with us. It's another thing for you to get to see um, how Bar Church, how God is using Bar Church to work in the lives of people that meet there. One, one of the coolest things about it, I think, we've got Richard here, right? The owner of the bar. Richard, where are you? Where's Richard? Yeah, stand up, Richard. Stand up for a second. I'm going to embarrass you for a second. Stand up. Stand up. Okay, here's Richard. 
So, R- Richard, your, your life's been changed through having this community in, in your bar. And you came to the place where you decided at one point you, you couldn't feel okay about serving alcohol to people late at night on a Saturday night and hearing sirens and then being at church the next morning in that same room and you, you just couldn't handle being a part of that anymore. And so you don't serve alcohol in memories anymore, right? Because that's not something that you feel like at this point in your journey you can be a part of, right? Okay. So I, I want everybody to think about that's how change happens. It's not by telling somebody you shouldn't do that. It's by having the Christian community invite you into an an experience and a place and friendships and relationships that would cause you to be open to the Holy Spirit working in your heart so that you would come to a place where we call it Bar Church, but we kind of should call it ex-bar church. <laughs> right? Because the things that I'm guessing for some of you make you really uncomfortable is the idea that they're, they're sitting around having a worship service while they drink a cold one. That's not what's happening <laughs> at bar church. And when we make up false versions of things, I think we, we're not honest about how this, how this all happens, how, how God actually works in our lives to change us. It's through relationship. It's not through the refusal of relationship until you get it all pulled together, right? It's through loving relationship. Uh, many of the people that are in bar church now are recovering alcoholics and recovering drug addicts. It wouldn't make a lot of sense for that place to, to be an additional space in the world that's a tempting space, right? And in the ways that they don't want to go. And so it's, it's been transformed and it's changing um, and I love that. I love that. We, we have a video we want to show you that will help you see just a little bit more, some individual stories of people whose lives have been changed through this ministry. And then after that video, we're going to get a chance to hear from one of Bar Church's members. Um, so let's watch this video together now. To me, Bar Church is a place where anyone's welcome. And there's no judgment. There's no reason why anyone wouldn't be welcome. It's a place where you're comfortable to worship to intersect with other hearts in a way that that you might not ever get the opportunity otherwise. But this place, it brings people together that would normally intersect with each other. I tell other people, I love being there because I feel like if Jesus were here, it's a place he'd be hanging out. It's it's really a good, it's a good home church. We have a lot of turnover here because uh, most of the members are at a transitional period in their life. It's down home, you can you know wear what you want, It's relaxed, everybody's here for the same reason. Bar Church is a congregation of imperfect people who are serving a perfect God. We're a very welcoming and inviting community and an accepting community. Well, because I'm at Bar Church, I have time to actually develop a stronger spiritual base because Bar Church is welcoming and it's a non-traditional setting. I don't have to get caught up in church doctrine and religiosity as I refer to it. I can focus on developing and strengthening my relationship with God. First, I'd like to say that I'm a drug addict and alcoholic. Um, Lost family, prison, um, nowhere to go. 
um, came to Abilene on parole and Bar Church was uh, open their arms and doors to me and uh, with that word acceptance, it's a place that you can start over because we did a lot of wrong and we bottled that up and um, this place has been great since day one. Um, acceptance is the real thing here. I love this place. And I practice the same to others that come through the door where I was. So I love this place. When I first walked in, I felt an, an unconditional love um, as I got to know people and I've never felt any type of judgment or condemnation whatsoever. Just very welcoming, warming, loving, and supportive. For a long time, I was really angry and I spent a couple of years in prison. Um, since I've been attending Bar Church and I've seen the, the joy in other people's lives, I've gained a certain level of acceptance that I can do it too, you know. Uh, anything's possible and I just have to be willing to do it and I feel free to do that here. Pam, will you come up and join me? Have a seat here. So this is uh, Pam, and you've been at Bar Church for a little over a year. Okay, February of last year. So just tell us a little bit about how you found Bar Church and how you found out about it, and what what was it like the first time you went? I was living at the 182, and um, I saw people walking around with the Bar Church T-shirts on. And I had a friend, um, his name was Richard, um, and he moved back to Baltimore, and, but he always wore his Bar Church t-shirt, even during the week, week. So I asked him about it, and he invited me to come, and that's... Yes, that's when you think about that first time walking into that, that room, what, what were you thinking? What were you feeling? What was it like? It was... Um, it was really different because Abilene is my hometown, and um, I know actually know that location as a, as a bar that I used to go to. So, walking into it and seeing it uh, serving another purpose was really a neat experience. It brought back memories from my past, <clears throat> but it also um, gave me some peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when, when you were there, and, you know, in, in some ways, the worship service is a worship service, right? There's singing, and we take communion, and uh, there's even announcements, I think. You can't get away from announcements at any type, type no. of church worship <laughs> service. Uh, what, what makes Bar Church different, though, when you're there? How, how's it different from other church experiences you've had in the past? There's just no judgment at all. Um, it's it's very very comfortable place to be. From like my second or third weekend, once I started reaching out to people um, and got out of my shell, um, uh, Shannon and Clay were especially um, helpful to me and uh, helped plug me in to service work with the church. Um, you know. Uh, 
helping me walk in my purpose and yeah um you know just being of service to others yeah, and as you've not only been at worship services, but you've, you've become more and more a part of the, the Bar Church community, I mean, what are, you, what are you seeing? What are you experiencing about the heart of God because you're, you're a part of this community? I'm seeing more grace and mercy. Um, kind of a hard question to answer. I'm good at writing those questions, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, you know, the, when have you, as you think about, when have you felt the closest to God? I feel the closest to God um, during praise and worship. Okay. That's my personal favorite. I love listening to the word, but I, sp- I also like seeing the way that the members interact with each other at Bar Church. Um, they're always lifting one another up encouraging um, each other to um, to keep trying and keep going yeah. no matter what. Yeah. And it doesn't just have to be with the people that live in the 180 mm-hmm. or um, from any of the other recovery houses in town. It's from the members that come from this congregation over there to spend time with us. Um, they, they, we talk a lot yeah. with with each other and um, we're, it's all equal. We're mm-hmm. all equal. There's no one's better than no anybody one's better else. Than the other. And I have, um, <clears throat> I spoke with a lady last week um, that told me, you know, just because um, she didn't come from the same background, she still had struggles. Mm-hmm. So I think that the members of the congregation that come, you know, they have their own struggles. Absolutely. And um, just because they're not the same as ours doesn't mean that they don't identify with what we're going through. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. So you've mentioned the 180 house a couple of times. For the people in the room that don't know a whole lot about it, just briefly, what, what is the 180 house? Um, the 180 house is um, is a turnaround house for people that... Um, are in recovery, either coming home from prison or have gotten in trouble or, um, you know, just need help. Uh, Richard and Tracy Kennedy. Which are, they're here with us this morning, right? Mm -hmm. Could you stand for just a moment so we can thank you for giving them a a place and a ministry? Thank you. Uh, They are the owners, proprietors. I've known them for 20 years now. Uh, they have watched me struggle. Mm. Um, oh gosh, it's been you know, for the full 20 years. Uh, it hasn't been until I went to prison at 43 I, and came home. It will be two years, June 1st, that there had been any significant change in my life. Mm. But that's uh, what God needed to do for me. To um, it, you know, it it got me off the streets. It mm-hmm. kept me from using. And at that point, I was able to, um, you know, put the tools of the program to work and spend that time developing my personal relationship with the Lord. That's, amen. That's great. How, how long have you been sober? Um, as of yesterday, three years, four months. Very right. God. Very God. 
So here's your chance to say whatever you want to say to this room. Uh, what, what do you want to say to, to the Southern Hills Church of Christ? I want to say thank you for all of your love and support. Um, we really appreciate you guys for everything that you do for us. Um, God's grace and mercy is so abundant there. And um, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be a part of it and be of service. And uh, I want to thank also Bobette and Phil. I sing with them. Yeah. Uh, they are a huge part of my support group mm -hmm. as well. So, you know, um, I've created a new family. Through our church, and Amen. and in recovery. So. Thank you so much Thank for you. sharing with us. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pam. You you can be seated for just a moment. It's, it's, it's a struggle at times in a church this size to figure out what your ministry is going to be. And I'm under no illusions that every single one of us is going to feel called to all the same exact ministries. But we are all called to the ministry Paul describes where he says, I was willing to go places beyond my comfort zone to win the hearts of other people. For Christ. Right? That's however else you want to define ministry, that's a pretty good definition of ministry. And while I'm under no illusions that every single person in this room can do all the same exact things that, that people in our community have been able to do for Bar Church, I want to honor the people who have responded to that calling. I, I want to honor the Martins and the Parises and and Shane and and every, everybody who's already been mentioned, we, we want to honor those people. We want to encourage those people. And we don't only want to encourage our missionaries that are half a world away. We also want to write encouraging notes and text messages and phone calls to the missionaries that are leading us into our own community, into places where the light needs to pierce the darkness. Right? We want to be a community that focuses on what's happening here as well. And so I want to encourage you to, to hold those people close to your heart and to hold them up to the Lord. But I also want you to think about, are you somebody who's called to do ministry alongside of, of Bar Church? And so if you're wondering this morning, how could you be a part of it? I just want to give you a couple of simple ways to do that. So if we could pull that slide up. Uh, you know, the, the first, and, and we say this, but, but it can't just be words. In your prayer time, you need to be lifting up not only this ministry, but the men and women who are reached through this ministry. Um, this shouldn't be a once-a-year conversation we have. This shouldn't be just something we think about every once in a while. We need to be taking time in our prayer life to ask God to continue to work in powerful ways uh, to help people experience the goodness and the mercy and the grace and the acceptance of God. And so everybody in this room, I really want to encourage you to pray for Bar Church. And if your first prayer needs to be that, that you are, are, are opened up to Bar Church in your heart in a way that you haven't been before, then start there. 
but pray for this ministry. Uh, give a financial gift directly to Bar Church. As Keith mentioned, part of every dollar you give on every Sunday morning goes to Bar Church to help them. But like any congregation, unexpected things come up, new opportunities arise. Um, and so if you ever feel that God is calling you to give a gift directly to Bar Church, don't ignore that prompting of the Spirit. Um, give to them and, and trust that it's a part of what the kingdom is doing here in Abilene. Uh, visit. It's at 1130, so you'd have to either leave your, your Bible class a little bit early or ask your Bible class teacher to end a little bit early and, and have a whole group go over to visit Bar Church on a Sunday morning. We really want to encourage you to do that. I want to be clear again, you don't have to be nervous that there's going to be alcohol consumption because of the t-shirt. That's not going to happen. You're going to go there and there's going to be a worship service and you're going to be able to share life with people who have stories that you know nothing about, but you'd be deeply blessed by if you take some time to get to know them and they want to get to know you. And so we want to encourage you to visit. Uh, be a part of, of what they're doing. And then there's all kinds of different ways to serve. They're, they're converting uh, Richard's Bar in a lot of different ways. And so if you're good with your hands, I'm not. But if you're good with your hands, um, they could use your help. Um, if, if you could be a part of leading worship at Bar Church, they can always use your help. If you can strike up a friendship, a spiritual friendship, a mentoring relationship with somebody who is through the 180 house and through church and, and through partnering with God, trying to turn their life around. Um, you'd be deeply blessed by that kind of relationship. And it wouldn't just be something that would, would cost you something, but you'd find that, that we encounter Christ in new ways when we start new friendships with people we, we don't know yet. And so just be open in those ways. So here's four simple ways for you to consider being a part. You can talk to, contact Shannon or Joel, ask them more questions about it. We really want this to be something that you consider um, and, and that you ask God, is this something that, that you're inviting me deeper into, God? Because if it is, I want space in my life to be obedient to God's calling to places that might just make me uncomfortable. And to trust that when we step out in faith into places that make us uncomfortable, we are often right where the gospel has asked us to be. I'm proud of this church for having the vision to do something that caused us to get less than nice emails and comments on the internet. Because I seem to remember Jesus being called some bad names because of who his friends were. I seem to remember that somewhere in the gospel story. And for some reason, I think we want Jesus to do those things, but we don't understand that in order for Jesus to go those places... We're going to have to partner with Jesus and go those places. In order for us to get to witness those amazing things happening, we're going to have to be there. And so I just want to encourage you. I, I really want you to think this through. I want you to, to prayerfully consider in what ways can this story become a part of your story. Thank you again for being here. We love you. We want to get to know you better. Um, I know this isn't the most comfortable place to be uh, if you've never been here before. Thank you for being here. We're blessed by your presence. We're going to sing together now, and as we do, we're going to have some shepherds and their spouses waiting just outside of these double doors to pray with you, to talk with you, to be community for you. 
So if you came this morning with any concerns or burdens that you'd like to share with a Christian couple, please go to them as together we stand and sing.